You are listening to the OneOfUs.net Podcast Network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. I keep wanting to think there should be like should have been a '60s or '70s Doctor Strange show. So we had a theme song, be like Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange. Now. I know, but you know what I mean. Wouldn't that have been cool? Now I don't know what you I mean. Now to... I'm just thinking about Spider Man. I wish it had been a thing. Love is Wait kind of minute. spooky when you're a uh, Doctor Strange. I mean, well, what if there is a world where it was a thing? We had the porno stash oh. and everything. <laughs> I would have loved that. I'm pretty sure there was at least one of those bad '70s TV shows. Like there was. I mean, The Incredible Hulk was probably the best of them. But there were several other like we I did like a pilot or one pilot Doctor Strange. I think there may have been bad. with porn stash. Yep. I mean, well, you know, because yeah. back in the day, that's what you did. <laughs> porn. Well, we should we lived in a world where Doctor? I was gonna Strange. say there is definitely Rule Thirty Four. There is definitely Doctor Strange porn. <laughs> I can sling ring is going places you don't want to know. I can assure you there or is. Or do you? <laughs> Depends on the day. I have seen it. The question isn't if there is Doctor Strange porn. The question is which other character in the Marvel Universe do you want to see Doctor Strange sleep with? So Doctor Strange, obviously. <laughs> all, all of it's them. All strange it's more on strange, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm talking about it brings new meaning to get. We're in the strange. multiverse yeah. now. It can be, literally be anyone. And we are literally. They made in the an multiverse. entire series where Loki just dates a female version of himself. Well, I mean, let's face it. That is like the best he's going to do. So yeah. you know, <laughs> well, that Gator seemed pretty open. Yeah, the Gator was ready. <laughs> Taking that, death roll to a completely new direction. The, the Gator's dating one of the characters from uh, uh, Moon Knight right now, so that's fine. The ASPCA <laughs> is going to come and shut this down. <laughs> anyway, we're reviewing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the second Doctor Strange movie, or the second movie with Doctor Strange in the title of Marvel since he's been in a lot more. Now, uh-huh. I think this is, what, his fifth yeah, I think so. Fifth, fourth, fourth or fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, joining me with a little bigger crew than usual, I've got Ben. Right. Marco. Danny Danger. All right. So this was originally supposed to be from the same team that made the last ones, director Scott Derrickson, and uh, although credited to John Spates, it was actually C. Robert Cargill who wrote this, co-wrote the script with uh, Scott Derrickson. A lot of people were saying they rejected their script. That's not true. They actually had gotten to the point where they'd had several meetings, story pitches, had worked out the beats, but they hadn't actually written the draft when Derrickson said, you know what? I'm not on the same page with you, Disney. I'm going to go a different direction. And so they amiably parted ways, but not completely because and still an executive producer on the film. Yeah. And so they look around, it's like, well, we're going to keep the idea, though, of this being more of a horror-oriented one, or at least some horror tropes through this. Who do you get that has done superhero movies and knows something about horror? Let me think. Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> well, that would be cool, too. That would have been cool. <laughs> the guy engaged to Sam. There's a real dark man candidate. <laughs> I mean, unsurprisingly, after the success of uh, the last Spider-Man film, which brought on 
you know, I mean, a lot of the characters that Sam Raimi helped develop in the first place, they got Sam Raimi in here, who had been a little bit gun-shy about going back to superheroes after the response to Spider-Man 3, which was acrimonious and just kind of like overwrought to say the least, of fans that, against that movie. But it's been a while. I think he made, what, Oz? And then this has been like nine years yeah. since that, yeah. right? I mean, he's been busy producing and executive producing, so it's not like he's not working. He has not sat in the director's chair. And while I would much rather get some brand new Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi working in a genre that he kind of helped create for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing to see him back because there are moments in this movie where you're like, oh yeah, this is a Sam Raimi film and I'm on board for that. Yeah, more and more as it goes along. A lot has been said. I don't feel strongly this way, some, this way about this, but some people really do, that Marvel's house style has gotten really old for them. They feel like everything's uh-huh. kind of a little too samey-same. And this is definitely the film so far in the MCU that I go like, okay, no one's going to accuse this of being a house-style Marvel film. So that's your review. It's samey-samey or Raimi-Raimi. <laughs> you want more of one over the it's, other. It's samey-Raimi. It's samey-Raimi. <laughs> it's timey-wimey with Sammy, with Sammy-Raimi. Yeah. yeah, something like something that. Something like that. Yeah, not really timey wimey, but I think know. it's great too that it came out, you know, just a few days after the 20th anniversary of the first Spider-Man movie, right? right? Because it there's oh, something yeah. that feels really cyclical about this, you know, and there's something really great about going back and rewatching it now as we are all adults and have left our emo phase, right? 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 Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it was still really phase? weird when they had Doctor Strange start dancing that way in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he do his hair that way? It's such a douchey look. <laughs> he goes through several douchey looks in this movie. Um, if you come awesome for the ponytail, wings. I will fist fight He's anyone who wants to come strange. for the ponytail. I loved it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I can barely get into this plot before we're, it would get into what people would flat out say are spoiler. And I would agree yeah. are spoilers because it's not very long into this film at all that they set up a huge reveal that people were really furious was revealed online. And I get why some critics said it because it's like literally in the first act. But mm-hmm. I'm going to stop right before I get to it. If you don't want to hear anymore, you can tune out because there's no way to discuss this movie without discussing what this thing is that happens. I disagree. Well, <laughs> I just <laughs> I good, just wrote but... a no spoiler review for Bell of Lost Souls and it yeah. was really difficult. Really difficult. It, it's difficult. It is difficult. Well, you know, but what? Not impossible. it was a stretch. I, I know most people who are listening to this probably will have already seen the movie anyway and are just listening, looking to see if anyone agrees with them or not. <laughs> we agree with you. <laughs> Doctor Strange, his ex fiance, Christine, you know, uh, she's getting married. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> it's, come, come on. There's the spoiler. Kristen teased it for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, obviously, he's like being very nice and smiling and he's happy for her, but he's also not really that happy because he's still kind of loves her but fortunately for him a giant fucking like cthulhu monster attacks the city that looks a lot like shumagorath but it's not shumagorath don't make that mistake because that's copywritten to another comic book company you want us to get sued come on be quiet. <laughs> uh wong shows up to help who now is the sorcerer supreme they find out this creature was actually chasing a girl america chavez uh, who is a relatively recent introduction for Marvel Comics, but a very popular one, played here by, oh, God help me. Zochi Gomez. Is it? Okay, thank you. Yeah, I have a cousin named Zochi. Anyway, so she <laughs> apparently has the ability to travel to the multiverse, only she can't do it unless she's getting really, like, directly attacked, unless she's super, super freaked out, doesn't know how to do it. Problem is, something is sending these creatures after her because they want her and this power for their own. 
Mephisto confirmed. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Good. No, nice. it's Nightmare. Nightmare's in there. I wish. Back. I wish Nightmare. The original plan was to have Nightmare, and I kind of would have liked that, but, you know. I don't even know who that is. Oh, all right. So if you don't want the spoiler, then, you know, fuck right off. All right. Have you fucked off? Okay. Everybody else, you still here? Man, those people were jerks, right? Sure. Glad they're gone. Bunch of assholes. Oh, wait. Ben's still here. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, let's just, let's just let him go. Let's continue to talk. Doctor Strange that. goes to see Wanda Maximoff and says, Hey, there's a multiversal issue. They're all trying to get this girl. Who better to help me than the most powerful witch in the world? And then hijinks ensue. I'm going to go past that because, I mean, like I said, this is still all first act and the whole rest of the movie and even, I think, really discussing how you feel about it hinges on knowing who the villain is. And she basically turns around and goes, no, fuck all that. Remember that part when I had the dark hold at the end of WandaVision? Well, yeah, I didn't exactly use it to fight evil. (laughs) I'm, I like created this fucking blighted wasteland I'm living in that looks, uh, that illusion, (laughs) it has an illusion of being exactly the opposite. And I'm going to get my motherfucking kid back no matter how many people stand in the way the kids i made up with my dead husband and to her my dead vibrator husband to her because she's aware of looking through the multiverse she can see there's just lots of multiverses maybe all of them where every version of her has the kids so she's like well i'm gonna go and i'm gonna take some of these kids (laughs) i'm gonna get my kids god damn it and to do that she needs america to be able to use her power or to take her power from her so she can traverse the dimensions Mm -hmm. and of course this is unacceptable to everyone else (laughs) i wonder why and now hijinks ensue (laughs) so very shortly into this people are jumping through parallel universes basically but turns into america and dr strange universe tripping meeting alternate versions of characters and uh, a lot of which are fan anticipated let's just say a few surprises i thought and uh you know on the run from wanda who's two steps behind them the whole way no matter where they go and it's established very early i mean like right from the beginning that this is not the first doctor strange that she has run into yeah that's the cold open is that she's with another doctor strange i guess america uh, not scarlet witch america America. yeah yeah and them trying to escape all their other monsters that Wanda is sending after her. So she's she hasn't just been hunting America in our universe, but everywhere. Yeah. The Darkhold yeah. allows her to take over things into other universe. It's kind of all kind of yeah. Darkhold weird. Is, Darkhold but, is know. kind of a everything magic book. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. can do whatever the plot requires you it to need to do with it. So one of my favorite things about this, and I wish that they would have explored it a little more thoroughly or a little more effectively, is that like Wanda is very isolated. You know, she was isolated in her grief. She was isolated in the town that she took over because she had to create all of the, this illusion to keep people around her and create mm-hmm. a family around her. Nobody checked on her or wanted anything to do with her until they needed her help. And so she has this moment where she looks strange right in his eye and she's got this look on her face and she's, and and they say it in the trailer, she's like, you know, how come when you mess with the multiverse, it's cool, but when I do it, it's bad. I love that because you basically have this this person who is extremely isolated, very much alone in a deep feeling of grief who has found this very addictive thing, right? There's a lot of parallels that you can really draw there between grief and suffering and isolation. I mean, we 
just came out of years of isolation. I found it deeply relatable, even though they didn't explore it to the extent that they should have. Yeah, Wanda, I think, makes out to be, I think, one of the stronger Marvel villains. One, because I think Elizabeth Olsen gives a fantastic performance here with the depth of different personalities and moods she's going through throughout mm-hmm. this. But also just that she's a character that you kind of understand her motivations better than some others. Like, you know, look, some of us will be like, yeah, I love Ant-Man. Cool, but that villain sucks. But this movie's like, no, I get this villain's motivations. Mm-hmm. It's not just like greed. It's mental issues and emotional strife that is really, really, yeah. really hard to be like, you're not wrong. You're just really, really broken and you're doing this really wrong. And that's very comic book Wanda Maximoff mm-hmm. over and over again. That is something that is a huge part of her journey and her arc. And I think that they... Mostly captured it. I think they could have made it. They almost do, because I guess one thing that it lacks is that, you know, they don't explain it too, too much. But like, if you did watch WandaVision, you get that weight of like Mm -hmm. what's going on with her. Like, okay, so I see how this goes right into this movie and why she's feeling the way that she's feeling. So you don't like need too, too much of that. But if you're just going in totally clean and not have seen like, I guess anything else for whatever reason. There's probably people who went to go see, like, Endgame and have never seen any of the other Marvel movies. They're like, what the fuck is happening? So the same idea with this. Like, oh, I wish they kind of expanded on her, like, why this is all happening and, like, what she's really going through here. But uh, It's like, yeah, they did. There's a whole show. Yeah, it was a whole show. And and I love the show and I've seen the show. I I think I just mean more consistently throughout the film, right? Because she goes from... For, she goes from WandaVision from having this breakthrough and having this sort of moment with Monica Rambo to just being full on dark hold ass crazy. And I get that. And I love that. And I understand how that would have happened. But I would have maybe liked some flashback scenes to build a bridge between mm-hmm. state A and state B. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed WandaVision quite a bit. Although I think the last episode had a little bit too much of this Marvel CG fighting style of also this colored light at you. Now also this colored light at you. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. okay. But then, that's whatever. We're not reviewing WandaVision. But I felt like it ended with, despite like, uh-oh, her having the dark hold, on the whole positive character movement for Wanda. And then we're like, no, now she's full-on murderously crazy. Where I'm like, oh, okay. And this is kind of a take on the comic book run House of M, which had Wanda also losing it because she lost her family. But instead of like going, well, I'll kill anybody who gets in my way to get kids, even if it's other versions of me, she just creates a perfect utopia for superheroes basically it's like everything's great except there's a few superheroes are like their powers make them go (laughs) something's off here it was like i don't know if i i mean you were going into villainy for wanda in a way that i don't feel the comics ever went i think the other thing and to kind of piggyback off of what danny was saying it also lays out this idea that strange is in every universe that guy who like makes a decision and usually people get hurt but he's taken it upon himself to do what he believes to be best for everyone and you know like she says how come when you do it it's cool when i do it i'm the bad guy and as soon as strange goes into other universes or other multiverses whatever they're like oh shit it's strange you're gonna do that thing where we all get fucked but you're gonna tell us it's for the better good (laughs) and it's something that he does have to take on Mm -hmm. board and sort of process and you know you'll see how it plays out in the end but it's actually probably the closest thing to a theme that the film has Mm -hmm. i think going Mm -hmm. through it it's these two characters making their decisions doing what they think is best but strange does these terrible things that maybe he shouldn't take full responsibility for but he does do it for pretty much the betterment of 
all the world and the or universe. Or just Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Or just Peter Parker, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, it's you it's know. his attachment to Peter Parker that makes him make that decision. Dude, everybody but, in but the whole Wanda's world feels that way about Peter Parker. only looking for something for <laughs> yeah. herself. That's the major thing. It's purely selfish, but anybody who's ever experienced grief knows you'd be really selfish when yeah. you want something back that yeah. you've yes. lost. Well, the other big theme in this movie is strange being humanized you know we saw this movie also with drew another one from our crew and mm-hmm. he was like well you know it feels like america is such a you know a disney character I'm like no america's there to humanize dr strange because even as he's become more himself again as you know in the last movies he's still a clinician and that's always kind of where he is he's got that surgical detachment and she brings out his want to protect people and individual just like he had with peter parker but he realizes between that and his failed relationships kind of has to come to terms with there's a big thing in this movie about happiness and Mm -hmm. he's realizing it between these two it's like there can be something else that i want in this life and kind of working towards that it's it's something that i think develops very well for the character throughout where his motivations in the end are very different when he takes actions that are still some of those actions that are taking a lot on himself Mm -hmm. yeah and even paralleling with wanda like because she's not happy either and he's truly not happy and then finally like making decisions to choose to be happy and wanting to change and be better for themselves even mm-hmm. though it seemingly doesn't necessarily work out for one yeah. in a lot of ways right. yeah there's a lot of parallel between steven and wanda i would disagree that america humanizes steven because i don't think she does i think they should have given her way more personality and way yeah. more independence they used her as a stand-in for dr strange is awkward and can't talk to small humans it's yeah. the same purpose that spider-man <laughs> served or, in no way home or wesley crusher on star trek but but yeah but but but, but spider-man had a, had several more movies beforehand to build yeah. up personality yeah. and and character with the audience so it was more authentic. I think that it's honestly, and this really speaks to Strange's character, his pride and his arrogance, the only person that can humble Doctor Strange is other alternate other universe alternate versions Doctor of Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, actually, one of my biggest complaints here is that I thought America, who is this sort of central character in the film, has very little dialogue, is given very little to actually do, and in fact could have just been a wand or something she's like a MacGuffin. she's barely counts as a character in this movie she's just there to move some plot and character elements along but in a way that people are doing it that doesn't even require her to be conscious (laughs) yeah and she has so much personality in the comics it really feels like a wasted opportunity like i'm i'm excited because now she's a part of the universe and this is one step closer to me getting the motherfucking young avengers movie or tv show that i deserve i would like that too Mm -hmm. i i mean they really just dropped the ball on making her a lovable, personable character. I know, I know a lot of people said they felt emotional towards the end. I did not. I never emotionally connected to this film. It always felt empty to me on that level. But here's what I really did enjoy. What Raimi did with it. Because Raimi, mm-hmm. finally, as I said, he did in fact make this distinctly a film that does not look like other Marvel films. But mainly in the third act. And when he gets in the third act, he's like, fuck all you guys. I'm pulling out the groovy chainsaw. It turns into a very Raimi film in many ways. The flourishes you recognize and expect, but a lot of new stuff, too. And I think what is the single two best moments in the movie, one of which which involves a sort of necromantic Doctor Strange, I should say, is the best way to say it. If you've seen, point point if you've seen this yeah, Strange. Visual, <laughs> but no, it's a different Strange. No, no, I mean, what Stephen himself, the okay. persona he takes on, is like, this is not something we've seen so far. Yeah. And there's a sort of a way they haven't done yet in Marvel with magic, which normally I get, I've been annoyed with. It's like, so I read 
one critic described as saying, it's red fireballs versus yellow shields. Who will win? It was like, this is supposed to be magic. Can it not, can it look like something that's not just like a power ring or like a mutant powers? Right. And there is a scene they finally do that here where I was like, oh, making like the creativity of just your surroundings and mm-hmm. like visualizing it in a new way and using it as a weapon that was, I mean, really innovative and cool. And man, it did great stuff with the audio, but you know. Danny Elfman, what are you going to do? Yeah, that <laughs> oh, so much fun. Man, that scene when they were doing that whole fight scene, we'll go into ex- extreme details or anything. It was done so well, so beautifully. Even hearing, uh, I wish we could talk exactly what it was, but mm. even knowing, <laughs> like, the, let's say, the energy that is being thrown at someone else of that having, you know, something to do with the music was incredible. People who were tickled by the use of fur, Elise, in the Batman are going to pee themselves <laughs> when they see Multiverse of Madness. So, bring a cup. Bring a cup. I'll say, the other scene that I think is great visually is there's a possession scene that I'm just like, wow, you had all the fun you wanted to. You went your full Raimi horror where you wanted to be like, this is losing oh, yeah. everything. Yeah. There were camera angles doing some really great we love horror exclamation point exclamation point here. Oh. Yeah. And I also really want to um, give it up to Rachel McAdams who was giving me some damn fine final girl energy. Yeah, yeah I don't see something to do because she was wasted yeah. in the first Doctor yeah. Strange. Yeah, this one they actually, and it takes a little while before the film finds something to do with her, but once they eventually do, you're like, okay, this is cool, and is there a way we could bring that version of her character into the regular proper universe? I'm actually Cause- really <laughs> dying to see Rachel McAdams become a Scream Queen because of the little brief moments oh. that she had in this movie. And like, fun. 10 out of 10 would watch. Yeah. Uh, Red Eye, anybody? Oh. Oh, that's right. She wasn't. Yeah. That. yeah. Not a good movie, though. I uh, liked that movie. Oh, uh, but yeah, but you oh. run Trash in the Can. So so. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> trash in the Can will point. always tarnish your credibility. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a really so emotional ride for me, guys. <laughs> own it. Don't worry. Chris likes Spider-Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I'm sorry. I'll still say Spider-Man 3 is obviously the weakest of the three Rangers. You but it's still a pretty good movie. I mean, okay, so here's the thing about the, here's the thing about Spider-Man 3. Are we ashamed of Spider-Man 3 or are we ashamed of the choices we were making for ourselves when Spider-Man 3 came out? Because we all had that haircut and we all listened to those songs. We all were into it. Like, I am ashamed of Chris's choices when Spider-Man 3 I, came I out. Will, I will say, and maybe it's just because I'm a little older, but I did not listen to those songs and I did I, not I, have that haircut. Nor, okay. nor, nor did I. But you know, it's a movie that suffers by comparison. It's like Sam Raimi made the superhero equivalent of The Godfather Part 1 and 2. The problem is he also made Godfather Part 3. <laughs> and that's fine. This is a serviceable sequel, fatally flawed. But you know what? You're only beating up on it because the first two were so good. Mm-hmm. I will say that, like, speaking of sequels, this is the first time that we've gotten a Marvel character sequel in a really long time. Like, the last kind of batch of yeah. sequels that we got was, like, Iron Man and Thor and Winter Soldier. And and those movies definitely all had their moments, except for Thor Dark World. What the fuck? There was nothing really Really, that makes me want to go back and watch those movies with exception to Winter Soldier. There's some amazing yeah, fight course. scenes in Winter Soldier. But in terms of like character-based sequels, I think this Doctor Strange 2 is the best. It definitely doesn't suffer from the second Marvel movie doldrums that a lot of those movies experienced. Well, continue to your final thoughts. There were a lot of things about this movie that it sort of started to tell a story and then kind of 
through the hustle and bustle of trying to cover all of the multiverse and all of the fan service and, and appearances, which had their moments and I liked. I think that some things just didn't get the love or attention that they needed. In fact, most things didn't get the love or attention that they needed, but I really liked the idea and the thought and motivation behind those things. I did get emotionally choked up at the sort of conclusion of you know, Scarlet Witch's arc in this movie. Uh, I think for a lot of personal reasons, I have a huge spot in my heart for when we have these conversations about what grief looks like for femme people, right? Because it's something, it's, it's something that's really coming up in a lot of movies, horror and otherwise in the last 10 years. And that's very important to me personally. All of those things wrapped into one. I would give this movie seven out of 10 little baby Wiccans running around trying to protect their mommies. (laughs) Ben. Yeah, I kind of went into this one not really knowing what I was going to feel. I'm a big fan of Doctor Strange. Actually, the year the first one came out, I did Doctor Strange for Halloween and was really looking for that costume for tonight, but couldn't find any. I was going to say pictures or it didn't happen, please. Oh, it exists. I've seen them. Vincent Price hair. But I haven't. Oh, I will find, I'll dig them up. It's more of a John Waters mustache. Let's be honest. That was a great time. Anyway. Also good. Well, no, I mean, so coming into this one, I was like, look, you know, Raimi, I love Raimi to death. And trust me, if you're a Raimi fan, you get what you want from this movie. Like, this has that fun, but it's a little uneven at some times. Like, the possession scene I mentioned is great, but, like, it feels so jarring going from the scene before that to that one where it's like, okay, so you just decided to change gears suddenly to horror? Okay, you're nailing the horror, so I'm happy again. But visually, I think it's one of the most engaging ones, both the way it's shot and the way it's conceived. Some beautiful scenes. There's a scene with a character that, a version of Strange that we're kind of familiar with if you watch all the other Marvel stuff, which has just one of the most interesting worlds and interesting versions of the Sanctum Sanctorum I think we've seen. And the music, Danny Elfman is killing it in this movie. I will buy the soundtrack. I had a great time with it. Yeah, it's not perfect. It's very flawed. But it does so well by the character, just like I think the first Doctor Strange does, where this character gets another movie that really understands him and handles him well, even if some of the other stuff is a little bit weaker. I'm going to give it 7.5 out of 10 patched cloaks. Right? I really went into this for Sam Raimi than anything else, because I wasn't the biggest fan of the first Doctor Strange movie. I thought, out of all the Marvel characters so far... I've kind of thought he was the weakest, cause, or at least interesting. It's funny, you're talking about, like, America being a um, uh, sort of MacGuffin. It felt like he was every now and then, where he was just, like, there. It's like, well, I'm going to say this is the, the one chance we get. Like, I was like, well, that's the only use he has, I guess, in this whole goddamn thing. But getting into this and seeing Sam Raimi do it, I really felt like, oh, I kind of like this character now. I liked his journey a whole lot. I loved Wanda's journey through all of it. And I do agree with both of you guys so far is that it was a little uneven here and there where it felt like there were moments when Sam Raimi, more than a few moments, he finally was like, oh, here it is. Here's the Sam Raimi movie. Like, this is like all the Dutch shots, all the crazy, like, push-ins and everything else, like a crazy POV stuff that you want. And then it was like, now let's have some fan service real quick. Uh, and we're like, okay, I get it. But it's still, some of those points were still kind of fun. And I think that there's a one fantastic moment where it was... Really great that they kind of pulled the rug under from the fans and got to do something really jabby and, but also still fan service at the same time. So I kind of appreciate that quite a bit. And again, like Danny Elfman's music, it wasn't until like halfway through the movie, he's like, I fucking think this is Danny Elfman. And <laughs> oh, it was, because it's only like, he only works with him or Howard Shore. So right. it's like, this has to be Danny Elfman then. I liked it. I think it's fun, fun ride. It's, it's not the, the greatest thing on earth, but I'm going to give it seven out of 10 pizza balls. 
<laughs> Before I go to Margot to say, made me laugh when we started. Would you call this Doctor Strange and the and the setup for the oh, next Doctor six- Strange and the setup for the next six Marvel films? <laughs> <laughs> like that's a terrible title. Just put that down as a placeholder. Later on, we'll think of a better one. Anyway, your final thoughts, sir. My final thoughts. Look, I enjoyed this. I'm an easy touch for the Marvel films. I always have fun with them. At some level, something in the movie will work for me. A lot of this movie did work for me. It's great to see Raimi back, even if it's probably just a paycheck gig. I mean, he did step in rather late in the process, and apparently the script wasn't finished. I always feel like every Marvel film is going to have that moment where it just stops and says, Hey, by the way, here's the next five movies we're doing. This doesn't do that nearly as much as I thought, and we get a lot of great cameos. Some of them are not very well-kept secrets, but what surprised me is how often some of those characters stuck around. And when we have this long extended second act where we have the most cameos and those characters are actually getting some action, it's really kind of great because I felt like, oh, this isn't just a, hey, here's a setup for another thing. It's like we're actually telling a story with these characters. They're not just cameos. I wanted more of that. And it also set up just how fucking powerful Wanda is because she goes up against a who's who of opponents and you're like damn wanda would be very hard to beat that kind of stuff i love and it's surprisingly not as convoluted as i thought it would be the story is actually Mm -hmm. rather simple and i was kind of expecting this to be more of a linchpin for the rest of phase four and i kind of felt like that was underwhelming it felt like it was just a decent doctor strange story with some cool cameos and not necessarily the game changer that i thought it was going to be yeah, i thought I think, the multiverse was going to be a bigger setup. i thought i think everyone was expecting this to be the fulcrum for yeah. like mm-hmm. building towards whatever the end game is of phase four you know i did think it was really weird that they were like multiverse of madness and i was like there's like this much multiverse in it like yeah. maybe you misnamed this <laughs> try again yeah there's like Four multiverses. It's like, like yeah, yeah it's, not a, it's not the multiverses of madness. Nobody even just pets a dinosaur in <laughs> the Savage Land. Like, what the hell are we even doing I mean, here? At least a few multiverses of madness didn't have the same ring to it. Yeah, <laughs> it's some I mean, verses it, of madness. It is missing a scene though, where Strange turns to the camera and goes, "It's like some sort of multiverse, multiverse of madness." madness. <laughs> 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 yeah, it really would have been a multiverse of madness if he'd have broken the fourth wall. I would, like, I who would, are you guys? I would have been happy. I mean, You know, it's kind of messy. It does feel like a film that was kind of made on the fly, written as they go, and not nearly the game changer, like I said, that I thought it was going to be. Not a game changer, but like Chris said, a fulcrum. I would have called it a linchpin or just that setup for like, hey, here's where we're going. It's just a pretty good Doctor Strange movie that, in spite of having a multiverse, tells a pretty straightforward narrative. It's salvaged by having a great villain with Elizabeth Olsen giving it her all and probably having some of the best material she's had as the character uh, on the big screen anyway, and some really fun cameos and some nice work from Sam Raimi, but I just wanted a little bit more. I'm going to give this six and a half out of ten self-tying ties that I need to buy. (laughs) So here's the part where, because I've been spending most of this review mainly talking about the stuff I liked, overall, I find this movie in the, the bottom third of the Marvel films. I'll even watch the very worst Marvel film multiple times and have and still enjoyed it. So I'm not talking about like, it's like around Thor, the Dark World or, uh, Iron Man 2 level, but I'm saying, you know, it's like at that 35, 40% rate 
in the Marvel films because it is a mess. It's super sloppy. A lot of the dialogue is just terrible. Of most of its attempts to be funny kind of fall flat. It just doesn't work because it's trying to throw just too much happening constantly. And it's like fainting towards emotional content rather than making me feel emotional content. And I'm the one who was like, I love Elizabeth Olsen. I'm a huge fan of her as an actress. I know she's an incredible actress. And I'm watching this and I'm going, I feel like, as I quote all the time, Harrison Ford going, you can, you can write this stuff, George, but you sure, sure can't say it because I thought she had the worst written dialogue in this entire movie. And I'm like, oh, you poor lady. You, <laughs> you had to fight your way through this and try and get emotion from it. And it didn't work for me, but there is a lot of fun to be had. This stuff I already described in here. I love all the Raimi bits in here. Overall enjoyable, but I really expect better from the Marvel machine in terms of writing. And I thought this is a pretty weak sauce as far as that goes. And and like I said, there's a lot of expectation, even just in the timing of the films, where it is in the numbers. Like, this should be the point that we're like, okay, the dam has burst open and we're getting to something. And in the end, I was like, that was it? All right. Well, that didn't really accomplish much now, did it? I want to see it again without expectations, because there were so many things said ahead of time about this film, a lot of which were leaks from the original Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill ideas that ended up not being part of this at all. So there was a lot of nobody really knows what's going on in here, but I would like to see it again. I would definitely like to see the deleted scenes, because what I hear, there was actually a lot cut out mm-hmm. of stuff that they were considering going with, because mm-hmm. there's especially in one particular long parallel universe segment, I think that they tried a couple different things, and I'd like to see what those were. I really want um, to see those outtakes of Wolverine and Deadpool making out. <laughs> yeah, I, I know do they exist. So. So I do Reynolds. too. I mean, <laughs> get on Rule Thirty Four. Oh, yeah, call up Hugh Jackman, make it happen. Was Rule Thirty Four count when you're actually talking about the real life actors having sex with each other on camera? I don't know if that's the same. Yes. Thing. Okay, deep fakes are a thing. Not that I agree with them, but sure. Yeah. Long story short, yes. I agree with them if it's Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, but only in that specific instance. I mean, why would you need a deep fake? You know Ryan you know Reynolds is you know DTF. Yeah. Like Anyway, uh yeah, I'm just very mixed about this, but still at the end I was like, I'm glad I saw that. I'm glad I saw it in the theater. I'll watch it again. I'm a big fan of the character of Doctor Strange, whereas I think the first movie is a much better movie. This one has some better moments. So give that that, because everything in the first movie is kind of like, okay, it all makes sense, it follows, it has some really creative bits, and I never felt, like, displeased with it. It was just kind of, you know, one of those, okay, this is so we get from this movie to this movie movies. This one is so sloppy, but there are moments that are, like, glorious. So, I'm going to ultimately give this 6 out of 10. Of course there's a Bruce Campbell cameo cameos. Stay until the end, end, end credits. You have to... Do yourself a favor. Best end of credit scene it, it, ever. It's also, a Marvel movie. You're going to stay till the very end. Anyway. You no, know you're staying anyway. But I will say, like, it's of all the times Bruce Campbell has cameoed in uh, Raimi films and Coen Brothers films. This is the first time they've pretty directly referenced the Evil Dead oh, in it. Yeah. And I was like, Drew so did see the Delta 88. I was looking for it. I did not see it, but he found it. Oh, the, the car. The uh, car. The, yeah, the, the, uh, the yellow. Old- Sam Raimi's high school Oldsmobile yeah. that's been in every movie, every ex- movie except one. And I forget there's a period piece one that. Probably Oz. Yeah. I, probably I, doesn't I, fit in Oz. Probably doesn't fit in Oz. Although, no, if I remember correctly, it's there, but it's like covered with something else. So he's like, no, it was there. There was just no way to show it, show it. So he like p- built a model over it. <laughs> Somebody get him to do a Transformer so I can get an Autobot version of that Delta 88. 